potatoes you are in for a musical treat because i not only have one of probably i guess it's been on some of my favorite episodes of rabbit ears thus far i've got mr nick from the epic film guys here with me and we're going to talk about one of our favorite and most hated shows all combined in glee so nick what's up highway run into the midnight sun i'm so good i'm so ready to sing like i've got so many songs in my heart that i'm ready to get out and sing about glee before i spit an unbelievable amount of hatred at this show there's so much to talk about with this show so much to unpack but i'm doing great how are you i'm good i'm i'm feeling slightly overwhelmed because honestly there's so many different facets of this show to address. <sighs> like, it's just, it is, it's a, it's a bitch is what it is. Yeah. There's a lot going on. <laughs> it's a full on Monet is what I think Cher would say. It's from a far away. It looks all right. And you get up close. It's a big old mess. Yeah. It's like, I was just thinking about this as I was preparing everything. And as I've binged an unholy amount of glee <laughs> over the past. Like, <laughs> Me too like three or four days like i have crammed in so this is what i watched are you ready for this and i told you i was going to tell you about this on the air i watched all of season one okay yeah i watched most of the first half of season two i skipped over rocky horror glee oh not that i don't love it i i do love it you've seen it a bunch of times it's i've seen it a ton of times and it's not really all that pivotal to the plot i mean at that point i decided i was going to try to skip through episodes so i got like up until the point where Kurt leaves and goes to Dalton Academy. Dalton. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I got that far. And then I skipped forward to them at regionals. Or no, wait. Them at sectionals. Sorry. Mm-hmm. When they played at sectionals. And then I skipped forward and watched, obviously, the finale of season two. I watched like three or four episodes in season three. And wholesale, after the season three finale, skipped all of season four. I was planning on it. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was like... I could do this. I could watch all like a bunch, like all of the premieres and finales. That's what I originally planned on doing. But then the first three seasons wrap up so perfectly in the season three finale. And then mm-hmm. literally the show becomes this fucking nightmare. It, it's like a disaster the way that they tried to unfold the show. And since they immediately in the middle of season five are just like, well, we're done with this whole Glee Club concept. Who gives a shit? I was like, well, if you're not going to waste the time to write it, I'm not going to waste the time to watch it. So correct. I skipped straight from season three finale right to the quarterback, sobbed so many ugly tears. It's not even oh my funny. God. And then we're gonna we're gonna address the whole fucking quarterback thing because uh, there's yeah there's uh, gonna be a moment. And then I watched for the first time ever, first time ever, the season six premiere, two thousand nine, which is the penultimate episode, and then the finale episode, the series finale. And there's a lot to say about season six. <laughs> There's a lot to say about this entire fucking show, oh. but there is a lot of shit that I... Okay, so I was watching this morning. 
I was watching by myself, but I was on Skype with one of my good friends. And so he was seeing my reaction to the show as it was unfolding, <laughs> not knowing what I was actually watching. And I would just sit there and go, what the fuck? And like beat my head and be like, this doesn't make it. He's like, are you crying? Are you frustrated? I was like, this is the stupidest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. Spoilers. It's fucking not good. But it was, I can only imagine from that point of view that it was just a fucking spectacle. Cause I'm sitting there staring at the screen, like intently, like trying not to cuss, trying not to flip shit. And then just immediately, what the fuck is this? I'm so, yeah. Oh, I don't even know. I don't, I just don't. Okay, well, let's, let's ease into it. All let's, right. Let's, let's, let's lube it up. We'll go ahead and just take a trip back to 2009 and kind of get in that mindset of where we were when this shit started, because it started off fucking great. So, and actually, we just looked back at 2009 with your brother from another mother, Paul, with the countdown. Mm-hmm. We did Community. Oh, I love Community is another one of those shows that literally like halfway through its run, after they got rid yep. of Dan Harmon. The show completely went off the rails and just became a Correct. shadow of what it once was, and that's that's Glee in a nutshell. But yes, let's let's talk. What's actually ironic? Two thousand nine. So I, I just a quick aside. So when we do, we do normally we talk about like running gags or whatever on the show, and that really got started with our Arrested Development episode. But on Community, they had a running gag about Glee saying, "I really don't get it. What's up with this show?" And then I saw in the season six series premiere or the season six premiere, they had Dean Pelton was the network executive yep. who came on to Glee. Yep. It was, it was a Jim lot Rash. of incestuous nature. Love oh my god, Jim Rash. I love. So oh. good. All right, so 2009, the TV shows that were big, Party Down. Did you ever watch Party Down? It's kind of an underground nope. show that. I don't even know what the hell that is. <laughs> so it's a Judd Apatow uh, TV series, and it has a whole bunch of the people from his movies and stuff like that. Oh. That it's it's supposed to be pretty good. I never got into it, but it was a Showtime show. It has um oh what's Ben from Parks and Rec is one of the main oh, characters nice. on there. Nice. Yeah. Um, Better Off Ted, which I actually can vouch for, is a great fucking show. Mm. Had Portia de Rossi on it also. Very nice. It was like right after Arrested Development, I want to say. Oh. The Vampire Diaries. <laughs> Cougar Town and Flight of the Concords. I just talk about. Flight I never of the actually Concords. watched Flight. Of, oh. I've never seen it. Oh my god! I it's love Flight of the Concords. Oh. All right, I'm gonna trigger the shit out of you because the number two movie of 2009 was Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> <laughs> just shows you where yes. we were as a culture in 2009. Haven't exactly progressed a lot. Yeah. Um, other big movies, 500 Days of Summer. I love that movie. I love you, man. I, I didn't get into that one. I know you like The Watchmen, which was also another big love one that, that year. that movie. Avatar was the number one of that year. Uh, 17 again, Fast and Furious, The Princess Frog. And then down the ladder we go with Bride Wars, The Blind Side, and The Proposal. Mm, nice. So, yeah. Um, music, because, you know, you got to talk about music when you're doing a Glee episode. No. This is the year of Lady Gaga and the Black Eyed Peas, because the number one, two, and three biggest hits of that year came from just those two artists. So number one was Boom Boom Pow. Number two was Poker Face. Number three was Just Dance. And number four was I've Got a Feeling. And then Lady Gaga had two more spots on the top 100 with Love Game and Paparazzi. That bitch was making money that year. Oh, I love Lady Gaga. It's oh my god! I, I can't too. wait because we have to talk about the Gaga episode that they had in season one theatricality because yes. oh man, some of the show's most memorable numbers in 
in oh that episode. God. I love that episode. So that was like, the, I watched Glee like pretty much from when it started. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I ever fully, like, truly invested in the musical concept of the show until that episode. Because that's one of the episodes I think they did most perfectly in terms of mm-hmm. not just taking, because they, they like to do a mix of, like, show tunes and pop hits and all that kind of stuff all these where they folded everything into the show together but i never really there was just different points in time where they just didn't hit it i don't think um but it was Mm -hmm. that episode and specifically i'll talk about it now i mean i might as well it's it's when (laughs) rachel and shelby sing poker face to each other but instead of just doing a cover of it it's this whole acapella piano version of it oh 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 i'll get him high and show him what I got. Oh, 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 I'll get him hot and show him what I got. Carry my, carry my, no, he can read my poker face. She's got to love nobody. Carry my, carry my, no, he can't read my poker face. She's got to love nobody. Poker face, poker face. Poker face, poker face. They actually like rearranged it and made it something unique. Instead of just sing- singing a blatant cover and just ripping it off and hearing, oh, here's two people on auto tune singing something that I've already heard sung on auto tune on the radio a million exactly. times. Exactly. Their approach to it was very unique. And actually, I had a hard time not hearing it in my head anytime I heard Lady Gaga on the radio after that, which, as we can tell, was a lot. Yeah, like so. it, it's such a it, it's such that's when Glee did music the best. I feel. When I mean, not only when they picked music that thematically worked with the show, and they really did some like there were some great, great numbers. We'll talk about a lot of them, I'm sure, but that was one of them that where they completely rearranged it. They didn't just cover it, and they just had I mean, two of Broadway's biggest stars belting it at each other, you know, but and, quietly. Yeah, I there's there's a lot to talk about. I feel like that was probably some of the best casting for a mother daughter oh role God. that I've ever seen on TV. Like perfect. Holy shit. Oh, so perfect. So, so perfect. Let's, why don't we talk about the the pilot? Let's do what? Do you want to talk about the pilot? No, I want to finish talking about 2009 and then go to break and then come back and talk about the show. Nobody likes 2009. 2009, you're going to like the celebrity deaths. I specifically picked (laughs) one just for you and I put it on the end. All right. So 2009, we saw the end of Michael Jackson, B. Arthur, John Hughes, Farrah Fawcett, Ed McMahon, Walter Cronkite, and to pancreatic cancer, can you guess? It was the Swayze. The Swayze. Which is a horrible way to die. I didn't even it's like Patrick Swayze, but that's... an way to die. Yeah, that's an excruciating way to die. I, even I wouldn't have wished that on Swayze, and I hated the dude. <laughs> God. But that was, that was um, terrible. <laughs> other events for 2009. Do you, I don't remember silly bands. I think I was too old for them, but apparently the craze began in 2009. Uh, General Motors accepted a billions in uh, government bailout after declaring bankruptcy, and Kanye West interrupted Taylor Swift's VMA acceptance speech. What? That's all. Do you remember that? Hang on, Ashley. I'm gonna let you finish. That was the end of it. I'm not going any further. Yeah, don't. (laughs) That's the end. Period. Click, click, boom. What? No. Yes. (laughs) Anyhow. 
We're going to go ahead and we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and Nick and I are going to try to wrap our heads and brains around what the fuck happened on our TVs and in our in our lives the past And in our hearts. And in our hearts. Oh, God damn you, Glee. My God, this is... All right, everybody. Take a deep breath and we'll see you... Well, I don't see you at all. You'll hear me when we get back. And I am telling you I'm not going You're the best man I'll ever know There's no way I can ever go No, no, there's no way No, 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 no way I'm living without you I'm not living without you I don't want to be free I'm staying I'm staying And you, and you You're gonna love me Rising from the depths of a state called Michigan, two inebriated dorks prepare their plan for intergalactic domination. Mixing their extensive knowledge of geek culture with their insatiable thirst for alcohol, these two man-children bring you a show like you've never heard before. They will tell you tales from faraway lands and have you questioning their taste in beer. But make no mistake, friend, for the best coverage of your favorite comics, films, and TV shows, there's no better source for you to get your fix. So listen up, strap in, and prepare yourself as Jake and Tom conquer the world. Going anywhere 
just a city boy Born and raised in South Detroit He took the midnight train going anywhere A singer in a smoky room A smell on in cheap perfume For a smile they can share the night It goes on ready to talk about glee <sighs> i feel like i'm getting ready to take the sats like this is a, a big amount of information topic subject matter that's what i'm gonna go with subject matter all right so the show was 2009 to 2015 it somehow squeaked out a 6.7 on imdb even though half of it is a complete and utter hot mess <laughs> uh the log or the plot summary is a group of ambitious misfits try to escape the harsh realities of high school by joining a glee club where they find strength acceptance and ultimately their voice while working to pursue dreams of their own starring leah michelle Corey monteith chris coffer matthew morrison jane lynch amber riley darren chris diana agron and a butt motherfucking lot, lot of other people i can't i can't go into yeah, it we'll talk we'll about most address of them, them sure. as, yeah so Nick, what I usually ask at this point is, what do you love about the show? I'm going to ask you why you wanted to talk about this show because I feel like those are two different questions. Because this was a failed TV experiment after a while. It was a great show in its first three seasons. I mean, I've got a lot of problems with the first three seasons, but it mm -hmm. was like, especially emotionally, like the way that they use music in most cases, the way that these characters were developed in most cases, it was perfect. It was so wonderful. The way that all of this, like watching the season three finale again, when they win nationals again and the finale finale, which I was also a fucking wreck during that episode. Cause Finn takes Rachel to the train station and he's like, I have to oh. let you go. And then I'm just like, nah. <laughs> I'll do to do my best not to cry while we record the episode. Well, we we do our best and we fall short usually, yeah. so who cares? But you know, then what it did is in season four, because it's still Glee and it has the adult stars and it has McKinley High, it decides it's going to bring in a whole bunch of new people to join the like half of the classmen that were left from the previous ones. And then it decides yeah. it's going to split its time to try to follow around Rachel and Kurt in New York and all these other subplots that take you away from the school. So I feel like it's sharply downturned at, at that point because a lot of the new characters, it's not that they didn't bring in some great actors, you know, to fill these roles in the later mm -hmm. seasons. But the problem is they never give you the time to invest yourself in them the way that they did with the original cast. So you just don't care. And then yeah, you also care about the original cast, but then you're like, well, why do I have to spend time wasting my time with these stupid characters that I don't care about? Because you're not making me care about. It's so such a disaster i really 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 kind of give pause to watching anything else that ryan murphy is involved in because of this show 
because it's very clear at some point that he literally lost his way with it and had no idea what to do with it and really turned it into like a social soapbox a lot of the time. Well, one of the things that I saw on trivia, and I don't know how accurate it is, but the first, I want to say two seasons were written by Ryan Murphy and the other two creators, and then American Horror Story got picked up, so it got turned over to a team of writers for season three and beyond. So I'm I'm assuming I imagine he still had a very strong voice in what was where the direction was. Oh yeah. But the first two seasons are fucking great, and I mean American Horror Story is its own hot mess of whatever. But I feel like turning something over to a group of people who didn't really have the same investment and the same kind of care and attention to these characters, you can really see it kind of fall off the rails even there definitely because season three i didn't feel as invested as i did in the first two seasons no no and that's because a a lot of the i'll give seasons one and seasons two shit for it as well because they both definitely had a hand in it but a lot of season three was where you really started to see that tonight on a very special episode of glee kind of episode rear its head yes a lot of just social issues that they put up on a soapbox and they wanted to preach about them and that was the problem with a lot of this is it felt insanely preachy a lot of the time, especially from season three forward, where they would take whatever social issue of the day they wanted to talk about and thrust it in and do a whole episode about it where they would talk about it, whether it be, I'm sure, I think you told me you were going to make a list of them, but I did. <laughs> oh my God. Like there's so, so many of them. You're talking weight. You're talking sexuality. You're talking gender, you know, identity. You're talking hold on, everything. Hold on. I'm. She's got the list. She's got the list. You want me to run through? I've got it. I'm in, and this, I grew, this, the thing I found it from was like 259 issues they dealt with. I went ahead and condensed stuff that obviously had overlap because, I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So the two main issues that they wanted to address um, that were like the overarching one is the value of education and the arts and LGBTQ rights and inclusion. Yep. From then, we have subpoints of the of bullying and its effects. Um finding and lacking acceptance, eating disorders, coming out, being outed, teen pregnancy, race, diversity, and inclusion, handicaps, physical and mental, uh, high school dropouts, getting kicked out of your home, homeless teens, um, (laughs) lack of self-esteem, lack of self-worth, and body image, losing your virginity, pressure to lose your virginity, decisions to keep your virginity, faith and atheism, uh, homo and transphobia, Sexual assault, prejudice, infidelity, questioning your sexuality, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, death, suicide, domestic abuse, cancer, school shootings, end of your first love, pressure to conform, texting and driving, and I think that was roughly it. Yeah, and that's, the the problem is, is it's not necessarily a bad thing that a show wants to tackle this kind of stuff. The problem is, is that no. whenever Glee would do it, it would pick one of those things off of that list you just rattled off and hold a big magnifying glass up to it and make that the issue of the week. And... Like, and they didn't even do a great job of no. informing people. There's there's a lot of stereotypes and stigmas that were upheld. They didn't really do a very good job of, quote unquote, teaching you how to deal with these things in a proper or healthy way. No, what it did was it just preached at you and it, you know, didn't try to educate anyone as to maybe necessarily how they could change that attitude or whatever, but like just attacked you if you didn't agree with the show's perspective of it. At least I felt. Correct. And like I said, there's, oh my God, just so many things that they they did wrong with this show. All right. So let's go ahead and we'll start easy. 
Who are some of your favorite? And then obviously we'll address least favorite characters from the show. Oh my God. Uh, I'll just touch on a few really quickly and then we can, I'm sure we'll dive into a lot of them as we go. Sue mm-hmm. Sylvester obviously is a top one because Jane Lynch is a national treasure. We should all worship her. Even though I have a lot of issues with what this show did with Sue's character over time, she was like seemingly of two minds most of the time. The way that she felt about the Glee Club depended completely upon the needs of the plot week to week. Some weeks she yes. loved it, some weeks she hated it. I actually have a list of stuff that I made here. Where did I put my list of stuff? I put this is my list of things that Glee went back to the well on one too many times while they were doing this show. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm quitting the Glee Club. Oh God. We're canceling or the Glee Club. Glee Club is over. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh choose between blank and glee. Yeah. Uh, the Glee Club is for losers. Especially like once they like are competing at a national level. No. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh people acting like Rachel isn't the main star of the club all the time. Literally, like there'd be three or four episodes where they would do all these numbers and they would do whatever and fight, and then somebody starts bitching because they didn't get a solo. <sighs> And then, as much as I loved it, and there's so many great hair jokes, I was going to make a list of them, but I didn't get the time to. I put that as my running gags yeah. is to making fun of Will's I hair. I love her making fun of Will's hair. It's hilarious. Like, I I think I messaged you one of them when I was watching the show. Like, she was afraid that there was, like, a bunch of elves were going to jump out of his hair. The Keebler elves. Yeah. Like, they could, she could smell the, the cookies wafting from his hair. But that was the problem with Will versus Sue is they always... It, like I said, Sue was dependent upon the whims of the plot. Some days she hated him. Some days she loved him. Sometimes she was actively trying to destroy the Glee Club. Sometimes she was trying to help them, you know? And especially, like, yeah. <sighs> My God. It's just wildly inconsistent. And then there would be episodes where Will would be like, oh, well, Glee's all about everybody having their voices being heard and being unique. By the way, we're only going to do what I want us to do, and I'm not going to listen to any of your input ever. By the, I'm just going to do whatever yeah. the fuck I feel like is the right decision. That happened all the time, too. All the Literally time. Literally all the time. And then I had mentioned this to you before when we were talking about the show, and I don't know. Actually, no, I don't think it was you that I was talking to about it. Or maybe it was. I don't know. Regardless. <laughs> you did a lot of talking about this show. The last I really did. Days. And like the last thing I watched was the series finale of this show and the episodes in season six, which we're going to talk about. But I really think that this show could have benefited from being a Netflix type show nowadays where it has like a 12 to 13 episode season per season. Mm-hmm. The problem with this show existing at the time, this was like kind of at the tail end, like in the death throes of the network TV domination of everything where you had to have like a 20 plus episode order per season. It's a lot, dude. So like you constantly have these characters flip flopping and like, I mean, really they progress one episode, they regress the next episode. The pilot of this show, the pilot of this show is about Will wanting to start Glee Club and he wants to give these kids a place where they can express themselves, where they can be part of something, where they can have the arts in their lives. Legitimately, two episodes later is Acafellas, where he just straight up the fuck abandons the Glee Club to be in a male singing group. It's two episodes I, later. I fucking two hate episodes that episode later. so much. I, I have a lot of issues with acapellas. Yeah, I love that episode for like no... the very end of it when Josh Groban comes in and he's hitting on oh Will's mom. <laughs> like, dude, who the fuck performs? I want to oh. sex you up at a PTA conference. Yeah. What the fuck is that? 
Oh, how inappropriate. God. Literally, so I had taken all my notes or whatever for the show, like done, done my research and all this stuff, like made on my list. And then I'm sitting here watching season one because I, I did a very similar binge to years because I had stopped very similar to you. Like right after the quarterback, I was like, all right, well, two episodes after the quarterback, we get a battle of Will and Sue to try to keep twerking in schools because, you know, <sighs> that's super important. I, that's about where they lost me. Um, I only made so it. So, anyways, I'm sitting. <laughs> literally one or two episodes past the quarterback as well. I didn't even watch. I only made it like like a quarter or a third of the way through season four when it first aired. I loved Glee up until that point, but season four was just such a a fragmented shit show. I was just like, I yeah. can't do this show anymore. I can't do it. And then Corey died, and then I was like, and I, we tuned in for that. Exactly. I think I think you and I were very similar. Because I don't remember a lot. Or I don't even remember the season five premiere or the season four finale. I don't think I was as invested as I was. And if I was watching, it was very half Yeah, it was just really passive. Yeah, like, oh, Glee's on. What are you doing later? Okay. Eh, blah, 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 blah. I can watch that while I cook dinner yeah, exactly. and read a book. It's like you just, you hear, you listen and then you listen to hear what song they're doing and everything. And then you're like, oh, okay, that was a good number. Oh, okay, that was terrible. You suck. Like, yeah. that's a lot of what And Glee it turned into a lot of like. They lost their subtlety in their performances. Uh, I want to say it really became apparent in season six, but everything just became about belting it out as loud as you can. And none of it had any kind of like feeling. It was just who can be the biggest, who can be the loudest. Okay. That's just all that we're going to give to this number. Yeah. I'm just, like I said, it's heartbreaking, but I want to get back into characters because I love so many characters in the show. Aside from Sue, I have a love-hate relationship with Will, and I don't think that's Matthew Morrison's fault. I think that's the writing's fault. I think they make you hate him sometimes when he's yeah. really stupid Being about Terry or about pig-headed. Emma or about Sue or whatever. And yeah, you're, you you hit the nail on the head when you're like, yeah, Glee Club's a place where everybody can fit in and everybody's voice can be heard. Oh, fuck you guys, we're doing funk. Or, oh, fuck you guys, we're doing disco. Disco. Like, and, and everybody's that like, That was literally no, 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 the no, no, second no, fucking episode. That. Yeah. They're like, we're uh, going to get humiliated in at this school performance. First of all, you're making us perform in front of the school. We've only got five of us here to try to get some recruits. And you're going to make us sing disco because that was big when you were in, in Glee Club in 93. Yeah. So let's just do this all to stroke your ego, you fucking douchebag. Yeah, it's, it's, he's That's all a he really wanted to get shitty character in, in that regard. And like I said, I don't think it's his fault because, like I said, the beginning episode, the first episode is, I want to start Glee Club, I want to start Glee Club, I want to start Glee Club. And how much he fights and how much he struggles and he listens to these kids and he loves these kids and he doesn't want to leave them, doesn't want to go anywhere. And then legitimately two episodes later, he's like, well, fuck this. I'm going to form this male singing group. Oh, you know, you guys well, just do your didn't thing. Didn't he do it at the end of the first episode too? Because that's when he found out Terry was pregnant, and so he's like, "Oh, now I got to go be an accountant." Bye. It's literally back and they forth literally back into the, the back time. to the well, back to the well. Um, but let's. I mean, I loved uh, Kevin McHale. I love his Artie. One of my favorite characters throughout the entire run of the series because I never really thought that Artie Artie was pretty consistent because he was more of a secondary character, so he wasn't like. He didn't. Whatever. He, you weren't exposed to as many of his flaws. Like exactly. he didn't have to contradict himself because he was just really there to ask if he could play football. Yeah. Like. <sighs> <laughs> I love Naya Rivera. I love uh, Jenna Uskowitz. I, I love Amber Riley. I love her. Uh, the very late Mark Sailing, which I guess we have to talk about, which was super weird doing prep for how this. How weird is that? I talked to you about this when it happened. So Mark Sailing kills himself because he was going to go to jail for kitty porn. 
And kills himself in a little league field. Like, what the fuck? How inappropriate are you? Well, I was watching Glee. I was binging season two when it happened. And there's a scene where they're at Sheets and Things. They get jobs at Sheets and Things. Because I think that's when they slash Vocal Adrenaline's tires. And yeah. they get a job there. <laughs> and literally, they, the the cover of Beck's Loser that he and Corey Monteith did with all the people. You know, Terry was in on it. Howard was in yeah. on it. Like, that was what happened at that point in the show. Like, right after I read that news about Mark Sally, and I was like, well, super. Awkward. <laughs> I mean, <gasps> I didn't dislike him as Puck, but, I mean, obviously, yeah. I can separate the two. Like, yeah. I can do the same thing with Kevin Spacey. Like, I can separate who's a piece of... Like, I mean, that's why it's called acting. Yeah. You know? You're not up there portraying a fucking pedophile i mean i love so i love most of the in fact he did quite the opposite it's really hard for me because there's there's very few characters in this show there's very few actors that were in the show that i didn't like except for chris colfer i fucking hate kurt yeah. hummel i think kurt hummel is the biggest piece of shit on the planet for part of this show i like if i say that season four did one thing right like seasons three and four like kurt and rachel became bffs and he was into Blaine and like he and Blaine and I love Darren Chris so much. Yes. And they were doing their own thing and they were having their own relationship. Like once the problem with Kurt is Kurt's gay. I mean, clearly. And he clearly. wants to be, you know, recognized as this gay character. He doesn't want to be persecuted, which is fantastic. That's all stuff that he should want. But then legitimately he chases Finn all of the first season. All he's doing for like the first Season and a half is chasing straight dudes. And all he wants to be is recognized for who I am, not persecuted, blah, blah, blah. But then literally, like, all you're doing is just trying to get into straight dudes' pants. Like, I get it. You're the only kid that's out and proud at McKinley. But it made him insufferable. Well, yeah, he's not understanding or not able to realize how exactly hypocritical that is. Like, you want everybody to respect your sexuality and who you are, but you are completely disrespectful of everybody else's yeah. choice and what everybody else wants to be like. That's and then and then have the nerve to try to guilt trip them because they try to tell you like, hey, I'm not into that or like turn you down like, oh, it's because I'm gay. No, it's not because you're gay. It's because you're really trying yeah. to make me feel uncomfortable in the situation. Now I have to say something about it. And now you're making me feel like a dick about I guess it. I think he's a character that got better. Like once the bullying storyline with him, with Karofsky, I think was good. Uh, I I think that was very helpful, yep. especially for like the middle America. Mm -hmm opening people's eyes to what that kind of behavior, like the effects of it on yeah. the person, the victim. And like when you can kind of relate to that victim's persona and you like really feel the same pain or, you know, can emotionally comprehend what it is a little bit of, at least, you know. Well, I think <sighs> Kurt was just like, like I said, I think later on in the series, especially when he and Rachel became BFFs, he and uh, Darren Chris were in a, a relationship on the show. Like, those were fantastic, and it was great to see him relax a little bit. Like, he was too on edge. Like, Kurt was just yeah. kind of a cunt. And I really, <laughs> not in a good way either. Like, because Terry Schuster was a thunder cunt, but I loved her. Like, I absolutely love Jessalyn Gilsig in the show, because I thought she she nails it. She 100% oh, nails yeah. it, but that character is a cunt. But Kurt is a cunt in, like... Like a, kind of a really grating, annoying way. Like not even where you can love to hate him. Like where you just hate him because you think he's just being a colossal douchebag the whole time. Kurt, I took what you said to heart, and I thought long and hard about it. And it occurred to me that you may have a point. Okay, maybe Brittany and I are too young to get married. I mean, after all, that's 
why it didn't work out with you and Blaine, right? Or maybe it didn't work out because you're a judgmental and a tyrannophile with a mouth like a cat's ass. Maybe Blaine got tired of hearing a shrill, self-aggrandizing lecture about how you felt the two of you were at the very apex of the gay rights movement every time you so much as cooked macaroni and cheese together or farted. Maybe Blaine didn't want to be with someone who looks like they just removed their top row of dentures every time they smile or someone who doesn't dress like an extra out of one of Andy Dick's more elaborate wet dreams. Maybe Blaine grew weary of dating a breathier, more feminine Quinn Fabray. Maybe he finally got freaked out by your strange obsession with old people that causes you to skulk around nursing homes like one of those cats that can smell cancer. Maybe he got tired of watching you drape yourself on every piano you happen past to entertain exactly no one with. Say some song that Judy Garland choked on her tongue in the middle of or some sassy old Broadway standard made famous by another dead alcoholic crumb. Maybe Blaine woke up one day and said, you know what? I don't want to marry a sexless self-centered baton twirler. Maybe I need someone who knows more than three dance moves. The finger wag, the shoulder shimmy, and the one where you pretend to twirl two invisible rainbow colored ribbons attached to your hips so you know what maybe that's why it didn't work out maybe it has nothing to do with me and Brittany maybe it's just that you are utterly utterly intolerable maybe that has something to do with it as Glee gets further on a lot of things get worse Kurt gets better Kurt gets a lot yeah. better and I mean yeah I don't really I don't necessarily know if there's too many other well, because people they I gave really him hate, but... they gave him more to do rather than just be a walking victim yeah and, and they gave him more to do as opposed to you know just trying to hit on straight dudes you know yeah they actually like let him settle into that character and let him do his thing one of my favorite secondary characters and I don't know why maybe just because sometimes I need a good cry but Shannon Beast like she gets me right in the fucking I feels. love her I love her i don't know i don't know what happened because like we both did we watched the season six premiere and then the season six finale i don't know why she turned into a dude yeah i i can't remember when it I was i feel like that's really shitty i read about it i read about it it was either season five or season six she had like a she was going through like gender reassignment or whatever like and again that that's very contradictory to the character it made no it makes no sense yeah. um because she Anyhow, well, this was the problem with Glee, though. Like, they did this with a lot of characters where they wanted to apply a social situation to someone. Yep. So they pick a character and they slap that label on them. Like, she was never gay in the show. No. I mean, Dot Marie Jones is, never... I'm pretty sure, but, like... She was... She... Oh, my God. So, in her premiere, or the season... Like, season two premiere when she came on... So, like, Sue and Will are trying to team up and, like, run her out because she's taking, like, budget... Um, yeah, budget from them or whatever. From Glee and the yeah, Cheerios. she's taking exactly. So they're like order all these pizzas and make her pay for them. And like she's like yelling at this the football guys. But then she comes out and she sits in the hallway. She's like, hey, there's pizza in there if you guys want some. Then she tries to sit down with them. And they're all like, no, the seat's taken. And she's just like, oh, melts my heart. Yeah, I love her. That poor little. I've pony. been a big fan of Dot Marie Jones ever since I saw her. She was on Married with Children. Um, she was always one of like the women that was in Marcy's gang of feminists. Oh and, yeah, like she was always like kind of their enforcer, like their bodyguard, because she was like way bigger than even Al and the other guys were. So I've I've always loved her since then. So when she showed up in Glee, I was like, no shit. Like yeah, I love her. She was really great, and like she was a victim, unfortunately, of some of Glee's bad writing because they forced that whole domestic abuse plot on her mm -hmm. as well, which also just was like <sighs> heavy. Glee went way too heavy handed with a lot of these way social too issues. heavy and. Unfortunately, it was kind of 
one of those things that alienated it. I don't know. There's just, man, there's so many good characters. I also, I like Becky. Becky's just a fun little, like, fluff piece. But there is the one scene when she, like, asked Artie out. And she's walking away, and in her head, her inner monologue is like the, the queen. queen of oh my god, I thought yes. this is amazing! <laughs> it was amazing, and her relationship with Sue—if that doesn't bring a tear to my eye, like almost every time—I just I can't. Yeah, it was always good whenever whenever they actually lightened Sue up just a little bit. Yeah, it was always really nice. Like the scenes with her sister are always really nice, and Lynch really knocks oh. it out of the park, especially with the funeral episode when her sister dies in season two. Oh my two. god, uh, like. Jane Lynch is amazing. She won an Emmy for this role, and there's a reason why, you know, because she's she's really just that good in that character. She's able to show the softer side of it, and then she's able to be this tyrant and this, you know, horrible, horrible person at the same time. Who I love her tantrums. She's like, whoa, and she's like throwing everything and like <laughs> slow motion yelling and knocking kids down. <laughs> lawsuit yeah, knocking <laughs> kids down like it's always like you always kind of wonder when you watch the show you're like well they're slushying all these kids and they're doing all these different things which would definitely be constituted assault in one way or another but like I mean like you have to put yourself in this universe and you have to just kind of turn a blind eye to it because you've got teachers in the show legitimately walking around the hallways throwing kids like she grabs one kid like throws him down the stairs she trips yes. she trips one of the and teachers you know what will does will just looks and goes huh, and then walks away yeah, that happens a lot in this show it happens a lot with the slushying and it happens a lot with like sue beating on kids you know oh my god so it's and blackmailing the principal and blackmail yeah <laughs> until he has enough of it even that was a well that they revisited more than once which i'm just like god. yeah well, because he had the anti-embolism socks, and then she pretended or like made him believe that they had yeah. slept together. My hands are tied, shoe. And I love Iqbal Theba. It was so sad <laughs> to see. Like, there's a lot of decisions that TV shows make where they kind of little ways that they hurt themselves cumulatively, and I think that that was one of them where they put Sue in an even bigger position of power. Like, at some mm-hmm. point, the problem with Glee was that it never evolved. I don't think Glee ever evolved past. Like, we talked about the different kind of base storylines that they always had with Glee. I'm quitting Glee. Glee Club's canceled. You have to choose Glee Club or this. They never got out of that mindset, even when... No. Like, I'm sorry, but when you have a Glee Club, when you're competing on a national level, like, okay, maybe you're a kid in that school, you're not going to think it's cool, but you're definitely not going to be like, oh, they're giant losers. Like, fuck you, they're competing on a national level. And your fucking football team has to break out a single ladies dance to even win a game. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have to do all this different shit. And, like, I get, like, when it's a ragtag group, when nobody's ever joining it or whatever. Like, in the first season, it makes sense. But especially once they're competing in competitions and whatnot, like, they're fucking good. Season four does this. This is one of the reasons season four is a big sack of bullshit. They win nationals. They're the national fucking champions. And legitimately, in the first episode of season four... They're still getting slushied. Oh, they're still the losers. There's, they're still the outcasts. But I'm sorry, you can't recast them in that role. You can't put them back in that place once you've made them national champions. 
You know, you can't do it. You can't be like, oh, Glee's not cool. Nobody likes Glee. Glee's stupid. People would be moving to Lima and falling over themselves to get their kids into that program because it's nationally recognized. But then it goes, okay, so they decide to commit to the, okay, they're always going to be ragtag. But then they fucking, they slap, like, bullshit together in season six. Season six, I don't know. I can imagine it was only 13 episodes because it was such a pile of crap and they just wanted to get out from under it. But they turn McKinley High into a performing arts school, make Will the principal, fucking this whole five years later bullshit in the series finale we'll get to in a minute. But it just it felt so rushed, so slapdash, so half-hearted. It it and it it followed. I guess the only thing it followed was the contradiction of everything that's come before it, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. I've heard that noise a million times. That would have been that would have been the direction to go with the show. Like after season three, if you think about the timeline of the show, because season four and season five are one school year. Mm-hmm. If you think about Which, it. Which again is that's also annoying, by the way. It is. It it definitely is. But there's So you spend forty eight fucking episodes on one year. Kill me. And I get why they did it was because they wanted to keep those other those other people that were in Glee in Glee for as long as they could. So I kind of can forgive them a little bit. But the problem with it is, okay, they're the national champions. They won the national championship. That Glee Club is shut down like within a year. Yeah, it makes no it's sense. It's nationally fucking recognized. Like, I get it. Okay, fine. Sue's a monster. And you want to do all this stuff, but it doesn't make logical sense anymore. Like, it takes no. too many leaps and bounds of logic to be like, oh, Sue's still going to be against it. Like, at this point, like, we've seen Sue in season one. She votes for New Directions at regionals, even though they lose. Like, and we, she's had numerous other times. She's in the crowd when they win nationals, applauding them. She helps get them to nationals. Like, she's already shown, like, that she believes in this whole thing and, and, and whatever. At some point, you have to evolve these characters out of what they were when the show started and evolve them along a certain path. And they never do that with Sue. No. Or a lot of these characters. And that's one. Very much. Ma- I don't think hardly any of them really grow no i don't i don't really think so i really think that they're all kind of stuck in in that same gear and it's not a testament to you know the actor's performances it's just a testament to just piss poor writing i love so much about this show i love so many of the characters in the show i love so much of the music that they do in this show but it's just i really the writing is what held this show back and uh, from season they four had forward, the talent they had the talent in the actors I really believe that but they just yeah they fucking everything was staggering like i mean think about it Will and Emma don't, like, have sex until the end of season three. The oh end God. of season three. And they click. And their first kiss is season fucking one, episode 13. I get that Emma Pillsbury has, like, these mental issues and stuff like that where she needs help and she needs therapy with them or whatever. But you cannot tell me that people would not be knocking down that door to hit some Emma Pillsbury. Because let me tell you. Dude. She's fucking John gorgeous. Stamos. And she, yeah, she was dating John Stamos, literally like the sexiest man on the planet, and she never even touched his dick. Like, come on. Get the fuck Doubt out of here. Doubt it. Get <laughs> Emma Pillsbury's a liar. Get straight the fuck out of here. If you can ramp Glee up, if you can if you can encapsulate Glee with one statement, it's just that they strung things out. They dragged everything about the show out too long. And Again, that's what happened with season four. They wanted to follow the old kids, but they wanted to also keep it in the Glee Club and keep it in the school. And the show couldn't survive as two separate shows trying to coexist at the same time. No matter how much they tried to put it in that box by having numbers that cut back and forth between New York and 
Ohio by having random old Glee Clubbers come back and help the new Glee Clubbers do stuff. And it was a mess. It was a fucking clusterfuck. It was ridiculous. If you you think about how hard it is to explain it, like that shit was just never going to work. It was terrible. Terrible. It was doomed from the fucking conception. And like I said, you never cared. Like they had Melissa Benoist, who is now Supergirl. She's a fantastic actress. I love her. They had a lot of really great actresses show up in the second half of this show. And they just never they never did anything with them because they gave them some shitty fucking oh my God. story points. Like Marley with her eating disorder and her fucking overweight cafeteria mom. Uh. I just uh. And then you've got Kitty who's fucking Quinn 2.0 but bitchier well, and that's the problem with a lot of those characters that they brought in too and they even started doing it in the show where they would refer to these characters as old Santana Lopez and new Santana Lopez or like yeah like other characters that were clearly just caricatures I mean you had Puck's younger fucking brother for fuck's sake who was and Puck being such a fucking one dimension not even, he was fairly one-dimensional they gave him some depth but then they just took Puck- Puckerman Jr. and made him a one note of a very flat version of that character. Yeah. It's like, that was the problem is they never let any of these characters and who knows what they would have become, but you'd never know. You can't develop these characters when you're constantly cutting back to New York to see what Kurt and Rachel are up to. Like they should have, I really feel that they should have either a done a spinoff where they just break the older cast off. And like, if you want to follow Rachel and Kurt's adventures in New York with Niata and all this bullshit, let that just be its own show. Or, yeah. One of two things, you either A, commit to that entirely, just drop the whole Glee premise of it, just follow them to New York, and just stay with the old cast if that's what you want to do. Don't have any of this pretense about it's Glee, we have to have it in high school with a Glee club. You know, move on from that. And if you don't do that, then you let season three where Rachel goes to New York be the last time we see her in any of those graduating characters. Like, they come back once in a while. Like, I know Finn mm-hmm. had a really big plot in season four. And whatever, where he was coming back and he was helping Shu with the, the club and everything like that. But just abandon the old characters altogether. Have them come back for short bursts, but focus, stay trained on your new cast. Help and, you know, have the faith in the cast that you have left. The adult cast, especially Sue, especially Will, and all the kids that are still holdovers from the previous year to mm-hmm. like fold in with these new characters and really create some new dynamics, some new relationships and abandon this whole idea that you have to stay married to the old characters because Glee would still be on the air. Honestly, if they would have done it and done it right, Glee would still be on the air. I really feel like they had everything there. Yeah. What were some of your favorite episodes? Anytime we, you and I both talked about the, the Britney, Britney episode, Britney, Britney is fucking amazing. (laughs) That's when you got to see Britney S Pierce, like Heather Morris is, drop dead gorgeous amazingly and my talented god <sighs> she can fucking like literally anytime they're doing a dance number i try to like make sure i spot where she is just to watch her because she is amazing <laughs> anytime they did a singing uh competition in the show mm-hmm. i feel like they always kind of tried to bring their a game except for nationals the first time around because really it's only like half of the episode if that like, the rest of the yeah. episode is, oh, Will singing on a Broadway stage. And, oh, now we have Kurt and Rachel sneaking away and singing on a Broadway stage. Oh, we're eating breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, we're having a pillow fight. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, I, except for the first time they went to Nationals in season two. Like, every time 
there was an episode where they went to either sectionals or regionals or nationals. They really bring their A game. They really, really like the numbers were better. Dude, performances. The sectionals, the first sectionals episode when Rachel like comes out and she comes from behind the auditorium yep. and like goes down the thing and starts singing "Raid right on My Parade." Ooh. Like I, I cannot do anything else when that is on. I just have to sit and watch because that is fucking incredible. That is so 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 good, and that's oh. <sighs> Not to live, just sit and putter. Life's candy and the sun's a ball of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. Don't tell me not to fly. I've simply got to. If someone takes a spill, it's me and not you. Who told you you're allowed to rain on my parade? How much am I didn't fake it hat sir i guess i didn't make it but whether on the rose of sheer perfection a freckle on the nose of life's complexion the cinder or the shiny apple of its eye i gotta fly once i gotta try once only can die once right sir oh life is juicy juicy and you see i gotta have my bite Get ready for me, love, cause I'm a comma. I simply gotta march, my heart's a drama. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. I'm gonna live and live now. Get what I want, I know how. One roll for the whole shebang. One throw, that bell will go clang. I am the target and wham. One shot, one gunshot. Hey, Mr. Onstein, here I am. I'll march my band out. I'll beat my drum. And if I'll band out, your turn at that, sir. At least I didn't fake it, hat, sir. Guess I didn't make it. Get ready for me, love, cause I'm a comer. I simply gotta march my heart to drummer. No, nobody don't know. Nobody is gonna rain on my want to sing it right now but i i refuse to muddy her talents with that with what i would do like it's just and then like she's like <sighs> well they did a lot and then of... the whole fucking glee club comes down the yes. aisles too and she's oh it's so good or then at regionals the fucking first season when they do the whole journey medley like it's like they're basically a concert uh, which was amazing like that's still one of my so favorite good. episodes just in terms of the numbers that they performed. Cause I feel like if you want to talk about favorite Glee episodes, I feel like you have to separate it from favorite episodes with like the best performances in them and favorite episodes as in like what happened plot wise, because those two don't always align. I don't think. No, they don't. 
But then, like, the finale of season three, it's not as showy. There's not as much emphasis on their performances. Like, there's a bunch of them, whatever, but it's not as much about that as it is about kind of this perfect ending to these characters' journey over these three seasons with Finn sending Rachel off to New York and... Oh, yeah. I can't talk about that episode right now. <laughs> There's... Uh, I liked the theatricality episode. We were just talking about that. That's the same episode where... Um, Kurt and Finn are basically having to share the room and Bert has the whole stand up for his son thing. He's like, I don't even, I know what you're trying to say. It's like that whole old school mentality yep. that is just verbalized and put into words. So well. he's like, no, this is our house. And like the way that he just, yeah. he expresses himself so passionately. And what's the way that he protects? I mean, as much as you, his son yeah, as much as you know? might not like Kurt, you fucking understand what it is in that moment as a from the parents' point of view. And it just it really hits home. Yeah. It's very, very sweet to watch. I love Bert. Bert Hummel straight up is one of the best characters in this show. You don't see him often enough, I don't no. feel. But the great thing about it is like when Kurt comes out to him or whenever it comes to him protecting Kurt, like when he's at the school and he finds out that Krofsky's been bullying him and he just like straight up loses his shit. And like like he's gonna fucking yeah. kill this kid. You know? Great. He's just fantastic. I just buy him so much in that character. And honestly, I take back what I said earlier about somebody not like nobody growing on this show. Burt Hummel grows. Yes. Burt Hummel does I'm have sad that the side characters have more progression than a lot of the main yeah, characters. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. You know what it is? But it's goddamn, if Mike O'Malley's not the fucking shit yeah, on this show. They use them infrequently enough to kind of have them have convincing character arcs. They don't have to have the mugging for screen time where they're constantly wavering back and forth. I think that probably is yeah. why. Uh other great episodes. Uh, the episode where um, the quarterback is one of the great episodes. Just don't because talk to me about it. No, I don't want to. It fucking. Oh, you can't make me. I will retell the story that I told you already, which was when I rewatched it. I was like doing like a little spa day, so I'm sitting in the bathtub, have like my little mud face mask on, and I'm watching it on my Surface Pro, and literally the tears are streaming down my face so frequently that my mask never fucking dries, and I'm like <laughs> ugly cry sobbing in the bathroom where it's like all echoing everywhere. It's just like. Like it initially started when Bert and Finn's mom and Kurt are going through and sorting things in Finn's room and like fucking Bert's like, I should have hugged him more. Why didn't I hug him that time? And his mom's like, how do people breathe? And she oh, just like mom fucking loses her shit. <gasps> oh my God. Oh, she breaks my heart in that scene because it's, oh, she just, <sighs> oh, with, with Corey, so real. with Corey dying. And I mean, unfortunately they just, there was no way to get around a lot of these performances really just kind of overlapping with real life because yeah. you could tell that this cast was obviously still in mourning over what had happened to him. Cause he died right before they started production on season five. And mm -hmm. it's like a, a lot of these, these actors are really just losing it for real. So that's, that's probably the first moment I lose it in that episode because she's, she, God, she breaks my heart. I'm going to cry now oh thinking God. about it. I know. She's just it's amazing. It's so real. It's so raw. Yeah. And then, like, even though I really hate Puck and Beast's story in that episode, because the scene in the yeah. locker room is terrible. It's one of the worst acted yeah. scenes of the entire show. But then they have Puck singing No Surrender to the Empty Chair. I lose it then. I lose it when Santana can't fucking finish her song and then says that she's going to say nice things, but just like, couldn't like, cause I do that sometimes like where I just like, can't let myself be vulnerable, but like you can see her pulling on her throat skin, like trying not to like, she can feel it constricting cause she wants to cry so bad. Yeah. 
I was like, oh man. Yeah, she's. Oh fuck. She's um like I I Santana's another one who are in that episode because Quinn wasn't in that episode and she should have been. So I feel yeah. like Santana and Naya Rivera were kind of a placeholder for Quinn in that episode as well. Like she was not just speaking for Santana, but she was also speaking for Quinn. I love that she couldn't get through the song. The thing that always kills me about ep- that episode is once Rachel shows up. Like oh my legitimately God. from the first time she shows up on the screen, like oh, I can't, I can't make it stop. I can't. <laughs> it's so real. I can't. And like, for anybody who somehow doesn't know that fucking they were an item in real life and that shit happened. Yeah. Like it's just, it's like you said, the waters are, are muddied and it's the lines of reality and fiction are blurred and that and the most intense way I've ever seen in TV it just yeah it's one of the yeah. most i mean her boyfriend died on the show her boyfriend died in real life she's having to it's like it's she's having to kind oh, of relive man. i mean she's already she's been going through it that whole time obviously but she kind of has to amp it up a little bit and kind of relive it on purpose just for the show and i i like i feel like it, it i mean it couldn't have been with pictures of him all it. around and everybody oh. all of his friends and this and where he all was like just right there in You're front recording of in the same place that it, there's one there's one moment in the song where when she's singing it i mean she's she's obviously crying the entire time that she's singing it but there's one moment in the song when you can tell that it really kills her like the line is what i can make you happy make your dreams come true like Mm -hmm. you can tell when she says that line like that kills her and it that's like when i really like i'm losing it the whole time during that performance anyway but like that moment during that performance is where like i'm just like it kills me it it just straight up kills me and then I love the ending of that episode, and this was weird because I was reading all about like the reviews for a lot of these episodes when I was rewatching through them, like reading critical reviews and stuff. And a lot of people, like critics, like TV critics, didn't like uh, Will in this episode because they felt because he wouldn't, yeah, because they felt like it wasn't like like I I don't know what it was, but like they felt like it wasn't genuine or whatever. But I'm like the whole point of the character and the whole point of the episode is that Will won't let himself cry; he wants to be strong for everybody else. Yeah. So I think it's perfect at the end of it. When... I thought it was shitty that he stole the Letterman's jacket. <laughs> I think it I'm was shitty. But I, I don't think he's going to keep it. I certainly don't didn't think he was going to keep it. But at the same time, like it made sense because he he didn't want to take anything away from anybody else. But at the same time, like he like had to wait until it was his time to grieve. And that scene always that scene always crushes me when Emma walks in on him and he's just sobbing into that like oh. that fucking kills me. <sighs> yeah. You can't. No, there's a lot. Stop it. Stop All right, me talk on a lighter it. note, what are some of the storylines that you thought were really fucking stupid? Artie playing football. <laughs> Holy shit. Is Artie playing football fucking stupid? Fucking ignorantly stupid. Beyond yes. words. I can't even describe how. How do you even tackle him? How does he even play? <laughs> I showed you. You tackle him like this. Yee. <laughs> fucking it's like delicately it's so fucking stupid how you just knock the wheelchair over and then he falls out of it like i I, it's so dumb it's and they never address it on the show either the only time they ever show him playing football is when somebody's shoving him down the field you know it was during the britney spears stronger song when he's singing stronger than yesterday well, and that was and like a, he was daydreaming about that. And that was actually a great number. Yeah. I love that number oh, for Artie. Yeah. But that's all that should have actually, been. Actually, I feel like that episode was one of the first times where they really like started recreating the music video because everybody was under the fucking laughing gas or whatever. Yeah. 
And so they can go full on to their imaginations and not be restricted by reality. That fucking episode is amazing. Yeah. I, I love, love that, that episode. Uh, what else? The other number I really liked was that uh, you pointed out the other day, the singing in the rain umbrella number is amazing. That. Like some of the mashups are good. Some of the mashups that they do, and there's a ton of them, so it's hard to really pinpoint a favorite mashup episode, I think. But, like, some of the numbers work really well, like that one. There's other mashups that don't work as well. Like, I mean, legitimately, even the band playing the music, you can very clearly tell that they stop playing one song and start playing the other one. Like, it's not musically cohesive. It's just like, okay, you just sang a verse of one song and then a chorus of the other song. Like, that's not a mashup. No. Like, one of them um, is the... Actually, I think it's in the first mashup episode. is The Confessions and It's My Life. Yeah. These are my confessions. It's my life. Like, no. That doesn't fucking go together as much as you want it to. It doesn't. Other... uh, Let's see. Ken Tanaka and Emma. (sighs) Yeah. Because... There's a lot of that noise on this podcast, by the way. Just... Because that's Glee. That's Glee. Like, I'm like sitting here crying, thinking about the quarterback. Okay. And then like, you think about, <laughs> things, about already playing football. like already playing football. That's Glee. It's amazing and stupid. It's not. It's never like, okay, that was okay. That was fine. I like you don't ever have like an okay, like middling reaction to it. It's either like, oh my God, I love this. Or, oh my God, you're stupid. Get off the fucking screen. Correct. Everything in this show is that way. <laughs> i.e. tina's fake stutter i hated the fucking stu- why did she even do it like it doesn't even make sense the thing i've ever <laughs> so fucking stupid it doesn't even make sense why she's doing it no and when she explained it she's like i did it to push people away like what oh my god you did you faked a stutter to be by yourself you're an idiot Sue Sylvester marrying herself is another one that comes to mind. Uh, even though it gave us Sue Carol Sylvester having a baby later on. What the fuck was Boy, that? Like, like I said, it gave us Carol Burnett as her mother. And I love Carol that's Burnett. True. But at the same time, it's like, oh, no. But that's one of my favorite episodes. Speaking of favorite episodes, Furt is one of my favorite episodes when uh, Bert and Carol get married. Oh, such a good episode. Oh, yeah. I love that episode. Because I'm telling you, anytime God, Mike O'Malley's in an episode, he fucking, he elevates the shit. Yeah. They are, like, legit perfect. Uh, one of the ones that mm. I found ridiculous or really irritating was uh, the punk version of Quinn trying to get her baby back. Oh, holy shit. And, like, planning all the other, like, shows up with the hair. To... Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to put this hot sauce near the baby's crib, and it's going to get Shelly to be declared an unfit mother. What? Yeah. You're an idiot. It's... And then Shelly has sex with Puck somehow. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (sighs) That was, yeah, that was bad. And then Quinn's texting and driving to get paralyzed, but then be recovered in time for regionals. That was fucking bad. Because they they fucking have her texting and driving on the way to the wedding. You think she's dead. Then she just shows up next episode in a wheelchair and everything's fine. then fucking miraculously stands up out of her wheelchair in the middle of the performance at regionals. Just like... Oh my god! I, oh god, that's Glee. That's Glee in a nutshell. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, you love it, but it's offensive as fuck. It is so offensive. Like the whole transgender thing with Unique. I was reading. Um, they misgendered him or her so many times. They didn't teach you correctly how to identify a transgender person or the correct way. Like they just misgendered the fuck out of Unique the entire fucking episode or every time that unique was on so they taught you how to offend the fuck out of a trans person they taught you 
how to do everything wrong, but you just shouldn't be weirded out if you see a trans person. That's basically all it taught you. Unique was one of those kind of things in the show where it was just like not handled properly. I I don't think at all. No, like don't bring somebody in like that. By the time you got to that point of Glee, it was very much tonight on a very special episode of Glee. It was all so after school special e. Uh, moments that like kind of touched me in the heartstrings or caught me off guard when we first meet Becky and she's like auditioning for the Cheerios and like you see Will is sitting next to Sue and he's like be nice be nice and you think she's just gonna be a complete fucking thunder cunt to Becky and she lets her on the team and like it's just so sweet and welcoming and encouraging and you see Becky is just like so fucking excited oh that got me I thought that was so sweet like I said anytime that Becky and Sue are on screen together like when Becky gets her heart broken by Artie and Sue's like, we're just going to sit here. We're going to watch Lifetime until Beaches comes on and we're going to hold hands and we're just going to get through it together. Yeah. I'll Stand By You was a great one. And they oh. revisited it like Mercedes sang it in the quarterback too. But they, that was what uh, Corey sang. Finn sang it for, for his unborn child or what he thought was his unborn child for Quinn like yep. early in season one. Like that was a great number. That was a really kind of great, great moment. Like him accepting responsibility for the baby and everything like that baby like that was great i really really loved that one oh when beast sings the mean song like why you gotta be so mean yes that fucking oh that hurt my heart i love beast (laughs) i love beast so much honestly that character can get me to the point of tears or like just feeling like that high school version of myself that just is bullied or mean girled or whatever like she just direct line to that shit yeah you're all, what does she say to Sue? Like at the beginning, she's like, you're all coffee and no omelet. And Sue's just like, it doesn't make any it sense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I wrote down here the most satisfying, like I'll let you pick out of these three. Okay. Out of these three, uh, the most satisfying moment of the original 13, Will and Emma kiss, the sectionals uh-huh. win, or when Will finds out Terry's not pregnant. Oh, when Will finds out Terry's not pregnant. Isn't that a great scene? Oh, oh. when he just fucking, she's like, think of what you're accusing me of, and he just rips that motherfucker off her stomach. Oh. Yeah, and like, he like, amazing. like, straight up loses his shit. Like, he's, he, and, and like, in that moment, like, you love Will Schuster, but you're, like, really also kind of scared because you have no idea, like, how he's going to react and, like, what's going to happen in that moment. And, yeah. yeah, like, that's probably my favorite scene out of those as well. Oh, man, that shit was Intense that shit was like real. really really good and yeah man, i mean leading up to that like, like he had been made a fool of this whole time yeah. oh, the show constantly tries bitch. it's not like will was a perfect husband either because i don't want to pretend yeah. he was and i mean obviously he definitely had a little bit of a thing for emma even though you could probably debate whether or not he ever actually would have acted on it because of terry but right that aside like the show tries to rewrite history a lot like during the rest of its run whenever terry is involved uh, like at one point Terry calls Emma a homewrecker in the show. I think that's yeah. in season two. Um, yeah. In the 2009 episode in season six, which I want to talk about for a moment. Please do. Because it's hot fucking garbage. Um, they try to like, <laughs> they either go back. It's, it's basically set right before and right during the events of the pilot episode. So you get okay. to see will talking about the idea of forming the glee club and you get to talk you get to meet the kids right before you meet them in like the original pilot episode but none of it feels very genuine at all because it kind of takes those characters out of the places that they were in that and it mashes it up 
really weird. I'll talk about more of that in a moment, but there's a scene in 2009 because Terry's in it because Will's still with Terry, obviously, at the beginning. Right. But yeah, so there, there's this scene where, you know, she foreshadows, quote unquote, you know, what if you start spending so much time with these Glee Clid kids that you start neglecting me and you start not paying attention to me and it causes our marriage to fall apart or it causes strain on our marriage. And I'm like, show, don't you fucking even dare because... Like I said, while Will wasn't the perfect husband and definitely had this thing for Emma, Terry was a thunder cunt. And the only thing that ripped their marriage apart was the fact that she pretended to be pregnant. Yes. Fuck you, Glee. Like, this episode... She was horrible. This episode was horrible because what it does is... You know how you have BFF, Kurt and Rachel, in, like, the latter half yeah. of the series? Colfer and Leah Michelle definitely have that BFF vibe between them. When they're in that series, but Kurt and Rachel were not friends at the beginning. They were not friends at all in the pilot, but like they perform this number together where they're all smiling and all happy with each other. And like, they really give off that. We love each other. We're best friends vibe. Utterly terrible. They were mortal enemies for forever because they both wanted Finn. Yeah. Like they, like, and they both wanted to be the fucking star on Kurt's part, especially he hated Rachel. And like, they kind of come to love her because she's so talented, even though she's really insufferable. It's just, like, it does that, like, it has a scene where it, like, puts Tina and Artie, like, they're hanging out with the other goth kids, and they're like, we dare you to try out for that Glee Club. Like, they dared them to do it, and that's the only reason Tina and Artie joined it. It's like... Artie was... How is Artie goth, by the way? He buttons his fucking button-ups all the way up and wears suspenders and dresses like Mr. Rogers. I have legitimately no idea. Like, they have... Mercedes come in and Mercedes is arguing with Rachel and being like, no, I'm going to get all the solos and I'm going to get all the solos. And like, they have this scene where you remember the one scene in the pilot where Emma shows Will the DVD of his competition when he was in Glee Club. Well, they have a scene in 2009 where for what, for no reason whatsoever, it's Figgins that gives her the DVD because she's like fighting with (sighs) Figgins about not wanting to pay Will more. So he won't go and leave and become an accountant. It's like, what, what does that matter? Who, what, why do they have to have a whole scene where Figgins is the one that gives her the fucking DVD? Who cares? Like, that was, like, one of That's the worst stupid. things I've ever seen. Like, a lot of TV shows do that where they will revisit these characters and they'll kind of go back in time and visit them before we first saw them in the original episode and, like, where they were. But it, that show doesn't have anything meaningful to say about anything like that. It doesn't have anything meaningful to say about where the characters were before that. I was, like, talking to a friend of mine while I was watching it screaming the whole time because it's terrible it's so 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 bad season six is is a disaster one other thing that glee did way too many times i put that whole time well i put this title as poor song selection some of it because of the gentrification of songs aka the whiting up and part of that goes into the will schuster rapping portion of season one lol Cutie the bomb met her at a beauty salon with the baby Louis Vuitton under her underarm. She said, I can tell you rock, I can tell by your charm. Far as girls, you got a rock, I can tell by your charm and your arm. But I'm looking for the one. Have you seen her? Now, I ain't seen she a gold digger. Uh, it's me messing with the broke, bro. Uh, now, I ain't seen she a gold digger. It was fucking awful. I did really enjoy because I rewatched the season two uh, premiere when it's got Jacob Ben Israel, who I can't believe I'm the first one to mention him. I by love the way. him so. so <laughs> when he's much. doing his blog, he's like, everybody wants you to stop rapping. 
<laughs> he was like he was the voice of the audience from season one. Kids like, don't like it when I rap, and he just sits there and shakes his head. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Glee with Jacob Ben Israel was when Glee was like Glee. I was thinking about this as I was watching it too. Like it used to have more just kind of wacky secondary characters that floated around in the background. And uh-huh. like you, I feel like you saw them less and less. Like Zeiss used to be, and then they made her part of New Directions in season two, and then she ditches it at the end of season yeah. two, like going into season three. Like, but like they used to have more of those kind of background characters where you had them floating around, and they were really entertaining. They were really like fun. But then they they did less and less of that. I feel like. Yeah, because Zeiss was like on the wrestling team. I want to yep, say, and she then was she was also. One of the vampires that convinced Biggins that vampires were real. Because <laughs> they attacked Jacob Ben Oh my Israel. god, that was great. Team Edward. That was so great. That, yeah, because <laughs> it was right when Twilight was coming out. Oh yes. my god. And Tina convinced them that the Asian vampires are some of the most like violent <laughs> ones. Asian, I think he thinks vampires are real. That was one of my favorite couples in the show was Mike and Tina. I love those oh, two together. I love them. Even though I love Artie, but like I just that didn't really ever feel as genuine to me as Mike and Tina did because at least they kind of tried to develop their relationship. But I love how they constantly like made everything more Asian. Just yeah, because they it were was at them. Asian arts camp. Yeah, Asian couples counseling. Yeah. Why does the couples therapy have to be Asian? Like they're gonna go out to eat and it's like, why can't I just go have a regular salad? The salad had chicken feet in it. <laughs> or when she fucking they're having to sing a ballad to each other and she draws the name other asian <laughs> <laughs> their ballad was sweet though i loved their song like where because mike oh. can't sing and he was just basically I talking love, that's one of my favorite fucking numbers i love that because he's dancing and doing all that stuff he's... where he's dancing around and everything oh and he keeps going sing sing <laughs> sing it's so good I also, another number I really, really like that always gives me goose pimples is uh, the first time we meet Blaine and he's singing Teenage, Teenage Dream. Dream. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, and I loved so it like... when the show did this. Like, we talked about it with Kurt singing Britney when they sang Stronger, but, like, that's another one. Like, I loved it when they kind of flipped uh, songs gender-wise. The gender roles? Yeah. yeah. It, because it really changes the song. It really, it really, you know, they have to kind of completely do different things to it musically than the female artist would or that the male artist would. So that was great. They even did a mashup episode where they purposely made them do the other gender songs, which yeah. I thought was great. I can't remember what the mashups were in that episode. I don't though. remember either. Anywho. I don't remember. Uh, the thong song was one that should have never been done by Will, by the way. <sighs> or Go- we talked about Gold Digger. That was jacked Ken Tanaka up. would not like the thong song, first of all. Okay. <laughs> let's just let's just start with that. So no, and then yeah, like I get it. I get why people like I don't have as big of an issue with it. Like it didn't bother me as much, but like I always love it when say like when they do uh, New York, New York in the opening. Is, I know that's not the name of the song, but uh, in yeah, it's the season two premiere, and because like, yeah. they have already doing like hip hop lyrics and stuff like that. But Artie, I think, does it way better than Shuda. So. Way better, <laughs> way 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 better. Yeah. They actually switched to Artie doing most of the rapping. Uh, away from Will, because Will did Gold Digger. They did I Want to Take You Up. He did Bust a Move, which was fucking atrocious. <laughs> and then the thong song. What other one did Artie do? It was I think it was like uh, Billionaire. Billionaire. That's the one that they did with Artie as well. Because that was that was yeah. wasn't that the first song the Glee Club did with Sam? I think. Yep. Can we talk about Cordover Street for a moment and how oh even my God, I bang I him? I love him. 
his his trouty mouth, and I like that Santana makes the whole fucking like the list insult list about him. Oh my and god! When he comes I'm back, like, she just sits there and starts flipping through them, and just <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "I missed you oh. too." Oh my god! I love honestly, like Justin Winter said, he hated Santana. She was a giant thunder cunt too. Oh, she was. But I liked when she was like threatening to get all Lima heights up and people like she was ghetto as fuck. I loved her. I love when she got the boob job at the start of season two. And Sue's oh like, God. I'm going to put you at the bottom of the pyramid. So if it collapses, your exploding sandbags will protect the squad from injury. <laughs> <laughs> she, Sue is ruthless. She always there, referred oh. to her like the whole rest of the series. She always referred to her as like fun bags or sandbags or something of that nature from there forward. There was um in the season two premiere when Rachel and the Sunshine Girl are singing the telephone oh, song in the bathroom, she just and bursted, just like, it's going, "Shut up!" Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking great. That is one of my favorite. I love Leah Michelle and I love Rachel Berry, but that is one of my fun, like most amazing Rachel Berry moments. Is she sends Sunshine to a crack house? It wasn't an active crack house. Like she's like My Rachel's kind of like that where Rachel's kind of ruthless where you know she'll do anything to kind of protect her spot at the top like her lead in the club. Correct. Like I love that about her even though like Leah Michelle's just so sweet and like I really want to love her but then Rachel does such she's such an asshole sometimes. Like she such is. a she's huge such a self-absorbed asshole. cunt. And that's why that's one of my favorite numbers too is uh what I did for love at the end of the season 2 premiere. I love her version of that. Because, oh, like, God. it's very much it about beautiful. her, you know, and her selfishness. I love yeah. that. All right. Well, I hate to put no. a cap on this. It's It has to happen. Never. It has to. This is going to be like another Arrested Development 2.0. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. You're rocking the boat. That's, that's what's happening right now. Nick, who are you going to marry? Who are you going to bang? Who are you going to kill? <sighs> uh, who am I going to? Hmm. As much as I love Leah Michelle, and I do. I love you so much, Leah Michelle, but I'm just going to bang Rachel because I feel like I would strangle her after a while. Correct. I would just, I would just murder her. I'm going to marry the delicious. Actually, no. Do I want it? No, I don't know. No, I don't know now. No, I'm going to take it back. I'm taking that one back. Give me it. Give me it. Because. We're going to get Wayne's World back in time. You ready? Heather Morris. Oh, Brittany, Brittany. Oh, yeah. Oh, she would be a dynamite in bed. Oh, my God in heaven. And then I would marry. I'm pretty sure I would have to marry Emma Pillsbury just because her bush baby eyes. (laughs) Sue. I could not. Like, she literally looks like she got stuck in the fucking machine from Clockwork Orange. And just it's invisible (laughs) around her eyes now. It's really, like, I love her character, too. And then it's really, like, Will had so many ginger babies. Like, I'm terrified for Will at, like, the end. Like, oh, my God. And Jayma Mays wasn't on the show in season six. They only had her for, like, guest spots because she moved on and was doing another show, I think. So, right. like, they have, like, that one scene in the premiere where they don't even have Emma in it. It's just Will talking to, like, the baby, baby. from the baby's perspective. Like, holy shit, they made some terrible choices in that. But anyway, so I'm yeah, we're banging sad. Brittany S. Pierce. We're marrying Emma Pillsbury and then kill. Who am I going to kill besides Pucker Finn? Ba-dum-bum. Yeah. No. Oh. Get your hot takes. Uh, uh, just Terry. Terry's sister. 
Terry's oh, sister. Was it Kendra? Kendra. 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 Oh, yeah. Fuck that woman. Holy yeah. shit. I wanted to club her in the face with a tire iron every time she was on screen. <laughs> I cheated her. She had a lot of ginger babies. Yes. Oh my god. What about you? What about you? Alright, so I'm going to I'm gonna marry Blaine because we I, don't have to have sex, but we can have a great marriage. I kinda wanna marry Blaine too. <laughs> I'm gonna marry Blaine. I love I'm going love to bang Sam. Because you should. Because why wouldn't I? I I would bang Cordover Street. I'm going to marry some, or murder somebody that we haven't actually talked about. But for me, she was the worst part of season three, and that was Sugar. I fucking fucking hate hate Sugar so much. Asperger's. I have to. Oh, I hate her so much. She, like, I want to vomit every time I talk about her, which is why I haven't talked about her yet. Yeah, between the two of us, we're killing Sugar and Kendra. I think we're in a good spot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Murder that bitch. All right, well, Nick, do you want to tell the people where they can hear your lovely dulcet tones in places other than this podcast? The William McKinley Finn Hudson uh, Memorial Auditorium. Uh, just search for us at Epic Film Guys. You can find us literally anywhere, all over the web. We're everywhere. We're both part of the Podfix Network, whom we torment. Oh, I guess we should endlessly. We should also we did. Yeah. Uh, we should also mention that Podfix has their uh, their Podfix presents content coming out every Wednesday right now with the Wizard Rewind. Yeah, it does. Which is hosted <laughs> by Jake and Tom Conquer the World. Epic Film Guys. You can also find me. I also do a food podcast called the Restaurant Podcast. We're wrapping up yeah, season do. two at the end of February, and I'm super excited about it. I've got four more episodes to go. We're going to be doing Super Bowl food, Oscar party food, Dude. healthy food, like food for somebody who likes to work out and eat healthy. Well, Nick, I, I know we're going to have a million things to fucking regret not talking about because that's just how you and I are. Oh, my God. And now what we're going to do is we're going to go back and we're going to record a little piece that's meant to take place before this episode recording. <laughs> Where everything's completely, it's like we've already talked about it, but we haven't. And like, everything's different and it feels different, even though you're trying to evoke that same feeling of, never mind. I'm just going to use my pre-recorded audio and you can just deal with it. (laughs) Boo. Yeah, it's, God, fuck you, Glee. (laughs) I love you. One more time. (sighs) Yeah. (sighs) There's no TV show, I think, that deserves that reaction more than... (laughs) and that's what you missed on glee (laughs) all right nick well i had a fucking this is everything i hoped it would be and more i'm not even pretend like this did not like exceed expectations we've been talking about doing this episode for forever yes this was so much fun i love you i love you thank you for finally making time in your schedule for me i know well the wife's away so oh, while the wife's away, I had to, the podcasters will play. While the wife's away, the husband will binge two-ish seasons of Glee in like four days. <laughs> just to record a Glee episode. Oh, I love it. Ada, uh, at least you know everything's on the up and up with your husband. Yeah, oh, your wife was away for like a week. What did you do? Watched Glee. That's it for me and Nick. I love, love you, Ashley. He's chicken grease. I love you, Nick. Best friends forever? Yes. This was a podcast from the Podfix Network.
check out more shows like it at oddfixnetwork.com. Turn me on, I can't sleep Let's run away, you don't 